What if I told you the Bearcats' rise to the college football playoff is worthy of being a 30 for 30 documentary, even though it doesn't yet have an ending? That's on today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Alex Frank here with you, your host every day, former sports director of Bearcats Media, UC's student run media organization, commentated Bearcats football and men's basketball games, made a lot of connections with those in the athletic department and those who cover the team professionally, bringing all that experience here to Lockdown Bearcats. If you're watching on our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and you can also like this video and share a comment as well. If you are downloading from an audio platform, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, don't forget to share a comment and give it a rating. All of that on audio or YouTube helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. So today, and I was only going to do this in segment three, but I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it for the whole show because it is 30 for 30 Thursday here on Locked On Bearcats. And the first edition of this offseason topic revolves around the Bearcats' rise to the college football playoff. Every great documentary has a conflict. There's some sort of conflict or backstory that is told first to set the scene. You've seen it in documentaries that have been in the 30 for 30 series. So in the the Bearcats case, their conflict, their backstory is they were in the depths of college football irrelevancy in the American Athletic Conference. And you think about the situation the program was in. Somebody comes in, and in this case, it's Luke Fickle, the face, excuse me, of the program, comes in, and all of a sudden things change. That's when the rise starts. Maybe not necessarily his first season, but certainly in his second season. So the documentary, if this were to be a documentary, and I think it'd be a great documentary, because of the backstory, because of the conflict. And you could have a bunch of, you know, media personnel. You could have those in the athletic department who were there at the time and still here. Maybe they're not still here, but they were here at the time Luke Fickle was hired. You would have, you could have Dan Horde. You could have Mel Egger. Those who are around the program every day, you could have players there would be a wide array of options for interviews and insight and perspectives on what that time was like. That's the backstory. What the program was like in 2016 when Luke Fickle comes in and it just immediately, even though the results weren't there in the first season, it immediately felt different. And there were a lot of games in 2017. Let's be honest, the Bearcats got blown out in. Marshall, they got blown out in. 
UCF, blowout. USF, blowout. ECU, would rather not talk about that game. And it was, but actually, you know what? It would be good for a documentary. Here's why. I remember watching Tony Pike's post-game interview with Luke Fickle after that game. The Bearcats lose that game 48-20. to And Luke Fickle said one thing that has always resonated with me. And he said to Tony Pike that they had some soul-searching to do on the ride home. Well, clearly they did. Because they've only lost, let's see, two, three, one, and one. They've only lost seven times since that game. And that was four years ago. That would be a tremendous soundbite in the early in the early part of that documentary. You talk about the what's that first? The exposition. See, I, I learned Plot Mountain Elementary School. Shout out to uh, Amanda Ferguson, Jackie Eschbach, Amy Panzika, all my elementary school teachers for teaching me the Plot Mountain because I'm applying it here on Lockdown Bearcat. See, some things I, I do remember from elementary school. Including the names of my teachers, which I don't know how many other people do that or do remember. But anyway, so the exposition would be where the Bearcats were, and then you got your rising action. It would start with that soundbite, soul-searching to do on the ride home. And then they could go into, okay, how are we going to turn this program around? Recruiting, facility upgrades, establishing program identity, you know, being driven through the trenches, offensive and defensive lines, scheduling. We're going to schedule UCLA. We're going to schedule Ohio State. We're going to schedule Notre Dame. We're going to schedule Michigan. We're going to schedule all these Power 5 opponents because that is how we are going to get better, and that is how we are going to play for championships, and that is how we are going to get to the college football playoff. You know, they took a lot of punches in 2017. It took a lot of punches even in 2019. And in 2020, they took some punches. I mean, the COVID-19 pandemic was a punch in of itself. So just think about how this documentary would start. You know, where the Bearcats football program was. And maybe you can go as far as back as far back as 2009 with Pike to Bins reaching the top. But then the ugliness of Brian Kelly's exit. And then there were some still there were still some good years with Butch Jones, back-to-back Big East championships, Travis Kelsey. You know, coming of coming of age, he gets drafted, has a great career with the Chiefs, but then you go into the Tommy Tuberville and how it all bottomed out in 2016. That's where this program starts. That's where this documentary would start. 2009, trying to recover from that, and then ultimately bottoming out in 2016. But then enter Luke Fickle and play whatever soundbite you want to play from his press conference. You know, when he says how he wants to be offensively. When he talks about what he wants to, what he wants the team to be like defensively, any other soundbite from that press conference that's meaningful, include that in the documentary. And then you can go into recruiting. You can talk about, you know, the punches taken in 2017 and how far this team and how hard this team was going to have to work on the recruiting trail, on the field, in any other area to, for them to get to the college football playoff. And that leads us to the highs of this rise to the college football playoff and how that would be documented in 30 for 30. So we've got the backstory. We've got the the rising action, some soul searching to do, the recruiting, the facility upgrades, the scheduling, the program identity. 
And it's going to start to pay off as we're going to see in this documentary. I'll explain that next. But first, I need to tell everybody about betonline.net because it is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures, or it says NLF futures. That might be a typo there. I'm not sure. Anyway, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter as he's joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin giving fans fans excuse me an in-depth look into the NBA draft mock draft player rankings and of course big boards it's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts Alex Frank here with you locked on Bearcats on this Thursday May 12 2022 NFL schedule comes out tonight schedule release at 8 the Bengals it's reported are playing the Cowboys in Dallas on Thanksgiving can't wait for that there's also uh, been some other leaks with the Bengals potentially playing the Ravens Sunday night football week one in the Natty and going to New Orleans for a Sunday night game week three. How about that? And of course, we'll find out where the Falcons are playing, who who they're playing and when they're playing them this season. Desmond Ritter, same for the Jets and Sauce Gardner. So a lot going to go down tonight with the NFL schedule release. Alex Frank here with you as it is 30 for 30 Thursday. If the Bearcats rise to the college football playoff were to be a 30 for 30 documentary, which I think would be a really good documentary because it has a conflict because as a backstory where the program was before Luke fickle got here, you know, the slow seven year bottoming out from the top of Tony Pike. That was a climax. Now we can go into a whole 30 for 30 on Brian Kelly. That's going to be a, a future 30 for 30 conversation. But in this case, if the rise to the college football playoff were to be a 30 for 30. So now we've got some rising action here. We've got some results. You know, this would be where you see profiles of players like Desmond Ritter and Sauce Gardner. How Desmond Ritter comes in on the third possession of the 2018 season. Remember on yesterday's show when I said, if you need proof of why Evan Prater should be the quarterback, the next quarterback for the Bearcats, look no further than week one of 2018, the third offensive possession at UCLA, Desmond Ritter comes in and instantly, that was bad, there we go, instantly the offense started just, it was so much better to watch. You felt like that offense could compete with any team that they played that season, and it could. They won 10 games, 11 games rather, 10 in the regular season, then the military bowl. So that would be the profile on Ritter this Little-known quarterback from Kentucky who ex- who got an offer in the porta potty at the Kentucky Derby. That's a true story. One of only two offers. He commits to Cincinnati and, you know, doesn't play his first season. Gets summoned in his second season. And the next thing you know, this program is, you know, taking off. You know, they're winning games. They're coming from behind to beat Ohio. They're winning, you know, a tough road game at SMU. They're dominating Navy at home. They're writing every wrong from the 2017 season. The difference a year makes. They had a whole offseason worth of recruiting. 
and you could profile the recruiting of Cincinnati-based players. That would be something to see. And then you could talk about, you go further, you go to Sauce Gardner. There's still only one mountain to climb that was there in 2019. We knew the Bearcats were very good in 2019. But what we didn't know was, could they be UCF? There were those who were doubtful, skeptical. I myself, that was terribly worded. I was skeptical too, because I knew UCF was really freaking good. I mean, they averaged around 600 yards a game. Well, they only averaged 424, I believe, that night. All because of one man who single-handedly changed the standing and ranking of the program, Sauce Gardner. This little-known corner from Detroit who's sixth on the depth chart, slowly rising his way, and then when his name is called and when the ball finds him, he takes, he picks it off, runs it into the end zone for the touchdown. Program-defining win, program-changing win, and all the Bearcats have done since outside of four games is win-win-win no matter what. And in dominant fashion, because Sauce Gardner was utterly dominant in college. No touchdowns allowed. Profile him. So those would be your two your two main player profiles. Now, the main character of this documentary would be Luke Fickle. Because he has been the, the engine, the driver behind everything this program has done. Recruiting, facility upgrades, scheduling, getting this program to the Big 12. That will be another high documented in 2021. And just... The personality of Luke Fickle alone, the things he says, who he is about, his identity, that is what makes Luke Fickle Luke Fickle. He'd be the main character of this documentary. Remember how I've said that the face of a college program, college football program, is typically the head coach? That 110% applies here, and he'd be the main character of this 30 for 30 documentary. Now, there'd be other profiles, too. You remember The Last Dance. That documentary was, about, was all about Michael Jordan. We know that. But then you had these then you had these profiles on Scottie Pippen. You had these profiles on Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr, Will Perdue, um, Tony Kukoc from uh, Croatia, uh, John Paxson. Um, trying to think of who else. I know I, there, there had to have been other ones. I mean, there were so many, it felt like. And then you had all these other players. The most in-depth documentary I've ever seen. I mean, they profiled Michael Jordan's relationship with his dad. You saw Michael Jordan's mom, which what felt like for the first time ever, at least for me. So there would be other profiles in this documentary for the Bearcats. Brady Collins, Marcus Freeman, Michael Warren, Josh Wiley, Kobe Bryant, any player who was instrumental, I'd even put Perry Young in there. Any player who was instrumental in helping build the program, you know, role players like that. You could even put, did I say Jerome Ford? You could put Jerome Ford in there. You could put, I mean, eventually Evan Prater might be in there. More on that in segment three. So once you profile the players, then you're going to have these games you're going to focus on. The game in Notre Dame in particular. And all of the backstory leading up to it, you know, the departure of Brian Kelly, the fact that he was the head coach in Notre Dame that year, the fact that no, the fact you could play that soundbite of, you know, Brian Kelly saying that we're excited to give them the opportunity to come and play at Notre Dame. 
But the funny thing is, Cincinnati was ranked higher going into that game. Cincinnati was favored to win that game. And the number of Bearcat fans who were in attendance at the game that day was astronomical. I mean, you could have, you know, sound bites of fans in South Bend surrounding the stadium. You could have, you know, fan interviews. I mean, maybe they'll interview me. I mean, you never know. I could be in this documentary. I mean, anybody I work with on my staff at Bearcast Media could be in this documentary. I mean, that's, you know, I was at that game. I can tell you all about that day. Driving up early in the morning, you know, had a parking pass that it took me an hour to, you know, took my friend and I an hour to, or it took me and my friend, did I say that correctly? Yes, an hour to find our parking spot. But you know what? I didn't care. I mean, there are so many sources to have for this documentary. And that game in particular in Notre Dame, I mean, all the, the, the scenes you could have, the Bearcats fans in the stands that day, you could have Desmond Ritter, you know, running through the end zone opposite touchdown Jesus with the flag. You could have, you know, with the flag after the game. You could have the celebration in the locker room. You could have Bearcat fans taking over Notre Dame Stadium and the concourses leaving the game. That that would be a that that probably would be about a seven to ten minute um, segment on that show, and then I go to the end of the season, the twenty twenty one season, when reality is setting in that the Bearcats are going to the college football playoff. Before that, I'd even have college game day. You know how far the program had come. The college game day was coming to Cincinnati, Ohio. Which, up until the last few years, well, maybe not the last few years, but you think mostly of your of the professional sports teams in Cincinnati before you think of college. But now you've got one of ESPN's signature pregame shows, one of the most watched pregame shows ever, coming to Cincinnati, the University of Cincinnati, not downtown. No disrespect to downtown. I love downtown Cincinnati, but the but the campus, right in the heart of campus, like making comments. You know, how many fans were there at 5.30 in the morning? All the way till noon, the party that was that day. And I just think about that, and I think about the AAC championship when, you know, there were all these possibilities. Well, they don't blow Houston out. Well, if, you know, Oklahoma State wins the against Baylor, you know, well, Houston could pull an upset. Ah, but you know what? All that didn't happen. Cincinnati wins the game by 15 points, and then the end of the game would be what's highlighted most. Sure, you'd have, you know, the 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 the, the flurry of big is that the right word? The uh, ferocious rally from Cincinnati in the third quarter, 21 nothing run, where you have the touchdown to Leonard Taylor, you have the touchdown to Alec Pierce, and then Jerome Ford breaks loose a big run. All those plays would be featured, and then the end of the game. The CFP chants, everybody with their cell phones out lit up. You know, Lance McAllister tweeting that it felt like a movie. And you would have all those scenes. And the fans rushing the field, the entire field being covered with fans. You would have all of that in the documentary. I mean, just think about it. Just picture all this in your mind of how this would unfold. All the way from the beginning and the highs of, you know, winning bowl games in 2018 College game day the first time around that year. And then, you know, all the great wins in 2019 with Sauce Gardner's pick six. 
you know, winning the conference championship in 2020, playing in the Peach Bowl, Jerome Ford's big touchdown run in that game, and then you go to 2021 with all the big wins there and all the expectations and Desmond Ritter and Sauce Gardner, you know, rising as rising draft stocks for both of them. Those would be a lot of highs. And then, of course, playing in the college football playoff, getting selected, getting in, the celebration on campus, you know, the whole playoff experience, you know, playing Alabama tough. This is the climb. This would be the climax of this 30 for 30 documentary. But it's the climax. And up next, I'm going to tell you why that means that this documentary is not yet finished. But first, let's hear from two of our sponsors. Alex Frank here with you, Locked On Bearcats for a Thursday, May 12th, 2022. We're flying today. 30 for 30 Thursday, the Bearcats rise to the college football playoff, as explained in my proposed 30 for 30 documentary. This has been fun. I was only going to do this in segment three, but as I'm as I'm preparing my notes for today's show, I'm like, this is not just a, a third segment topic. This is a whole show. So we're going to make it 30 for 30 Thursdays. I like this. So now we've got Bold, predi- bold Prediction Tuesday, 30 for 30 Thursdays. And I got another topic coming up on Monday that's going to be interesting. And yes, it starts with an M. So just let that simmer for a minute. Um, so the, the reaching the college football playoff is the climax of this documentary. But that doesn't mean it's finished. What happens next? There's aftermath, right? The Bearcats ended up having nine players get drafted, which shows the success of the team. You could show all the players, you know, getting drafted, Sauce being in Vegas, Desmond Ritter's party. You could have Alec Pierce, you know, all these players, you know, moving on to the, you know, to the National Football League. But this is still not a finished documentary even then. Because, yes, the Bearcats made the college football playoff. But does that mean that this is the peak and that they're never going to get back here again? If you've seen the 30 for 30 documentary on Trojan Wars, what makes it so great is, yes, they chronicled the rise of USC. And that was a very, very good era of USC football. Oh, my God. I think they went at least two years without losing a game. I mean, it was so long, I don't remember the exact um, time they lost the game. I think they... 2003-2004, they didn't lose a game, and then they didn't lose again until the 2006 Rose Bowl. So that's almost three years without losing a game. Back-to-back national champions, all these star players coming to SoCal, but then they also chronicled the fall. Once they lost to Texas, they never went back to the national championship. They lost a lot of games. You know, that cost them chances to play for a national championship. And then ultimately, Pete Carroll gets fired and, or I'm sorry, you know, the the sanctions come down in the program. Pete Carroll boots, heads to Seattle and USC football has never been the same since. Now, perhaps Lincoln Riley is going to turn that program around, but what made that documentary Trojan War so great was they chronicled the rise and the fall. The climax was, you know, everything in 2005 and how good that team was and all the star studdedness on that team in Hollywood feel but then the falling action was they were never the same after that Rose Bowl game I don't want the Bearcats to be in that situation following their loss in the playoff to Alabama now I still now there is in the plot mountain a falling action and a resolution and the falling action 
might be, hey, they're losing a lot of talent, the Cincinnati Bearcats this year. But that doesn't mean that this that this team is not going to be any good next year. I think it's going to be a very good team. Another reason why this season coming up is so important is to prove that last year's run was not a fluke. I don't think it's a fluke even if they finish 8-4 and four this year because they're losing a lot of talent. Then you think about, okay, they're going to be able to recruit going into the Big 12. But keep this in mind. As seasons go by and the Bearcats move into the Big 12, if they don't ever get back to the playoff or if they plateau like we thought Georgia was before they won a national championship or if they plateau like other teams who come so close to making the playoff every year but just you know settle for a New Year's Six Bowl or whatnot, you don't want them to be that. Now, fans are going to wonder, you know, they're a group of five. Hey, they they were doubted all along through this rise to the playoff. They made it, but they're losing talent, and Luke Fickle gained other opportunities. You know, you hope that this documentary doesn't play out where the Bearcats, you know, pummel this year to what seven and five or six and six, and then Luke Fickle ultimately, sorry, leaves for another job. You don't want it to end that way. What you want it is the aftermath to be, hey, they were able to overcome all the talent they lost from 2021. They won a third straight conference championship in 2022. They go to the Big 12, and then they not only get back to the college football playoff, but they win maybe a national championship. It could end that way, all because of one man. And then maybe the documentary ultimately changes to – Luke Fickle, and how he led the Bearcats to the Big 12 and the National Championship. But in terms of the rise of the college football playoff, which this 30 for 30 documentary would be on, there is aftermath. You don't want to just be a one-hit wonder, a darling for one year. I don't think the Bearcats will be that way because I think their recruiting is top-notch. I think that players are going to want to come and play here I don't see Luke Fickle leaving, A, because he's loyal, and B, because what job is going to be open? I don't really think any. But you do wonder if this is sustainable. You know? And then you have all these other questions. In addition to, can the Bearcats sustain this success? What happens to Desmond, you know, who succeeds Desmond Ritter? What happens once they join the Big 12? You want this to end with sustainability. You don't want to be like... A, I mean, any one-hit wonder like um, Washington or Florida State, Oregon, all programs who haven't been back to the college football playoff since they went. Same, too, with um, – there's one more team I'm thinking of. Uh, Michigan State. You don't want that. This is such a unique story because of where they were as a group of five team in the depths of college football irrelevancy. But the other aspect to that is they're in a major city that loves its sports and that loves its University of Cincinnati. That's why a lot of people were upset with where the program was. But you look at where it is now. I mean, I've heard stories from people who tell me that you used to have to go to the football games to get basketball tickets. Now, you don't have to do that. Because it's going to be 40,000 fans every single game in a stadium that is iconic with the, that is synonymous with the university. It's an iconic 
stadium, not only for the city of Cincinnati, but the country, one of the oldest stadiums in college football. And now you have a program that just went to the college football playoff in the long and story history that this program does have. But it feels like now this is the greatest era of Bearcats football. And it can very easily be made into a 30 for 30 documentary. It just hasn't been fully written yet. And I don't know when the end will be written. It may take years for it to end. It's certainly going to take two years. Because this year and then moving to the Big 12 and how they fare in the Big 12 their first year. And once they get their footing footing in the Big 12, can they win a Big 12 championship? Can they get back to the college football playoff? Then there's, okay, the positive falling action and resolution is that this college football playoff run was last year was not a fluke. It showed that the Bearcats are here to stay. Now, the other side of this is they go to the Big 12, and they're a muddling, middling, rather, 500 team that never plays for a championship and just plays in mediocre bowl games, and it's a one-hit wonder. And it's just a, you know, hey, remember this? Remember when the Bearcats made the college football playoff? You want it to be, hey, this program made the college football playoff, and it's and it just it was their springboard to success this year coming up, 2022, moving to the Big 12, and eventually it could end with a national championship. The ending has not been written yet, and it's not going to be written for quite some time. But it would still, but this right now is shaping out to be a tremendous 30 for 30 documentary. This was fun. I had a lot of fun doing this. I hope you had fun listening to this. As you do every day, making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Thanks for doing that. Now, make your second listen, Lockdown Big 12, as you can get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget, if you're watching this on the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, to subscribe, and you can also like and share a comment on this video. If you're downloading from an audio platform, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, don't forget to excuse me, share a comment and give it a rating. All of that helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. We've got one more show this week. I've been efforting some guests, so maybe having a guest on tomorrow, but the NFL schedule comes out tomorrow. We'll talk about where you can see the your former Cincinnati Bearcats from last year and, well, mainly last year, and where Sauce Gardner's going to be playing, where Desmond Ritter's going to be playing, what week the Falcons come to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. And you know what? I'll also give my thoughts on the Bengals schedule as well, kind of change things up a little bit. I also want to play around with the fun topic, just something that struck me over the weekend. It was a conversation I actually had with my mom about this. Just on a, you know, afternoon walk with our dog, and I just, I, I pointed this out. It's a very interesting, it's a very interesting thing to think about. And it has to do with both Cincinnati and Chicago. Hmm. I have to get some Giordano's for, the, for tomorrow's episode. Hmm. Or Chicago hot dogs. Those are also good. Vienna beef dogs still remain my favorite hot dog at a baseball ballpark, especially from Wrigley Field. Anyway, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. I'm Alex Frank for the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will talk to you tomorrow on Friday the 13th. I believe in good luck on that day. Spoiler alert. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you. I will talk to you tomorrow.